Welcome to Sticks and Taps, where the conversation is hockey and the keg is always cold. The games are really on soon, so let's step up to the bar, grab a pint, get into it. Your host, Paul Cuthbert and Liam Maguire. Slanta, fellas, and don't forget to pay your tabs. All right there, Seamus, thank you so much for bringing us on there. Good afternoon, good day, giddy up, and good evening, whatever time you listen to the show. Welcome to Sticks and Taps. It is Thursday, February 26th, uh, 26th, February 6th. Oh, <laughs> oh put the whisker down, my friend. Oh, yours truly, Paul Cuthbert here. And ladies and gentlemen, please say hello to your friend and mine, Mr. Liam McGuire. Liam, how's it going, fella? Yes! You this, buddy? I, I'm obviously this? already a few in. <laughs> it's the 26th already. Apparently <laughs> you are too. <laughs> Hey, that was like your uh, your post there last week, where you jumped, you oh. gave Ovi a couple extra there. Oh, you must have <laughs> fell off the chair, man. I'm I'm you know putting all the stuff and the info and everything, and to anybody who hasn't seen it yet, and uh, what was he hit? What's what's the number he's at now? I gave him two hundred extra goals. He's at, he's at six. He's at six ninety eight. I think you had him up around nine hundred or something, didn't you? <laughs> Oh God! Oh man! That oh, was fun. Little, little typo, little typo. Nothing major, but uh, my God, is he? Uh, well, it's a hell of a tear right now. And then you see Matthews gets two last night in a losing cause. And look at everything Ov's done, and he and he's one goal ahead of Matthews. You know, crazy. I mean, it's 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 it it is crazy, and we're all fawning over Ov as we should. But <laughs> Matthews gets two last night. He's only one goal back of him. And uh, you know it's kind of getting lost in the in the OV wake here as OV uh, races to 700 and beyond, and uh, where he'll stop, nobody knows. But it is uh, it is something to see. It's almost like he's unstoppable, really, right now. It's more of a shock now when he does a score, isn't it? Yeah, man, he put on some show the other night with the hat trick, and uh, everybody can't wait for this game against Philadelphia, obviously coming up and. And, and clipping this yeah. record and going forward, man, uh, he's just something else. I mean, you uh, you know, we, we talked about it here in the first two episodes, and obviously uh, you had a great column that we talked about in terms of, um, you know, the one-dimensional uh, scorer that he is, and he's just putting on a great show, and it's just it's exciting to watch. You, you kind of uh, – it's a great time to be alive, Liam, I guess. You know, I mean, you know, me and you, uh, yourselves, I mean, we're, we're young young fellas, I should say, you know what I'm saying, you know, in the fifth thank, year thank or you. whatever. Yes, but. <laughs> But, you know, look at the guys that we've grown up being able to get to see, and here we are, and here's another superstar just kind of taking us on another ride here. Um, let, let's stick with over here. I know me and you talk pre-show. We were going to flip around a little bit, but I think uh, let's talk over here a little bit, and then we'll flip into the Leafs and, and the Rangers last night too because obviously Austin Matthews uh, yeah. riding right behind Ovi this year. But um, uh, g- give me an update in terms of, uh, you know, how you're feeling about this and, and, and where Ovi's taking, us, taking everybody. Yeah, yeah, it's our, you know, I guess our our third time, our, our second official time talking about it. But uh, you know, it's a couple of weeks now since I wrote about it after so many people reached out to me when he when he got up into the into the, into the Iserman, uh Messier Mario Lemieux territory because they're all within two goals of each other at six ninety, six ninety two, six ninety four. So Ovi hit that became a big public thing, and you know, like yourself probably because you'd cover a lot of hockey and. And as do I, obviously, especially from the history point of view, I got pinged like crazy. So I wrote that piece where I I felt I thought about it. I took a couple nights and thought about it extensively. And I I'll say it again. In my view, from a one dimensional point of view, he's the greatest we've ever seen in a career. I mean, 
look, I, I understand Wayne had 92 and he had four 70-goal seasons and he scored 50 and 39 and he's got 894. So Wayne is the standard bearer for goal scoring. But from a one-dimensional point of view over a career right now, I've never seen anybody like Ovi and 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 uh, where, he, where it ends up, we'll, we don't know. I don't think he'll hit Wayne's number. I really don't. But that's kind of not really the discussion. I know it's backdoor part of the discussion, but... The initial part of it is just right now what we're witnessing. And you just touched on it. Said we're we're fortunate. I mean, I guess you could say that in any era. It's not like there was any era that was devoid totally of superstars in any sport, but certainly hockey. But it's it's a special time uh, to have basically Crosby to sort of give way to McDavid and then to have Ovi come along and do what he's doing along with all of the other superstars, but to have to be witness of that type of greatness is is really something else. And I'll tell you what, right now, I mean, you want to watch these games and just see how do you... And you know the more amazing thing about it, Paulie, is that everybody knows where he's shooting from. <laughs> you still can't stop it. No, nobody, can, nobody can devise a plan. I swear to God, I swear to God, if I was coaching, I would take him out of the mix and almost... And I would try and go four on three down low. I would take my chances down low on that power play. I mean, you got five on five, you got to deal with it. The bottom line is he runs five on five. He's still scoring a ton. Uh, but, you know, he, he, he it's just it's the power play where where he's virtually indefensible. And I would try and just just eliminate that. And I know you're saying, oh, you're cutting off your nose to spite your face. This is a capital team with a lot of weapons. It is. But he is the weapon. And I would try and eliminate it. But we're witnessing something special with the guy. Obviously, what he's done in the last seven, eight games is 14, 15, 16 goals. It's it's heady stuff. We're not used to seeing it. And uh, we'll see where where the dominoes uh, stop falling here this season, uh, let alone beyond. But um, yeah, it's just it's just great to see. It's uh, if you're a hockey fan, how, how do you not like it? And I'll finish with this and throw it back to you. This was not a guy I was a, fi- a fan of out of the gate. I remember in the World Juniors in 2005, he was wearing the Darth Vader visor. He'd sit on the bench during the intermissions. It was all about him. Canada smoked him in the final. We had a dream team. It was a lockout. We had every junior available, which we never do, and we crushed them. And not only that, that insult to injury, or injury to insult, however you want to phrase it, Crosby actually knocked Ovi out of the gold medal game. Imagine that with a check. I'm sure most people forget about that, but he did along the route of Canada waxing them, I think, like 6-1. And then he comes to the NHL and he's taken, you know, three minute shifts and and it just looked like a showboat and a hot dog and everything else. I wasn't a fan of the guy at all. And not only that, when the team got good and he kept rolling, they couldn't win squat. Yeah. So I'm going, well, what part of this do you not understand? But then, you know, somewhere along the line, there was a transformation, man. And uh, look, I am telling you right now, I am a fan of this guy. I will absolutely, to me, he's destination viewing when the games are on, I will definitely throw an eyeball on the Capitals and try and try and get a, an eyeball on their games just to watch him uh, play because uh, this is some pretty incredible stuff we're seeing. Yeah, absolutely, man. 34 years old. He's still flying high, um, and the team is just is great too. I mean, they're definitely one of, one of the faves going into, uh, you know, maybe making a run at the Cup again too. And, and oh, the for pers- sure. Yeah, and the perseverance of, of a guy like Ovi too because – with all his individual success, you know, prior to winning the Stanley Cup, obviously, I mean, there was there was a lot of failure there. You know, getting close, getting yeah. knocked out, always getting bumped out by Sid and everything else. And um, so he's been through a lot. So mentally, 
Um, and I, I, I would imagine now, Liam, that this is just fun for him because once you win the cup, you know, that's it. You know, whether you win three or four or six, it doesn't really matter. You got one. So you've accomplished that. And to be such a, a skilled, uh, prolific scorer like he is now, he's out there having a blast, right? So, I mean, the records and everything else is, is one thing, but it's got to be so much more fun now because he's actually won the cup and now this is probably just a blast, and obviously it, it, it coincides with the fact that the team is still one of the best teams in the league. So uh, I think that makes it so much more enjoyable for us on the outside now, too, to watch because he's just letting it loose, man, and it's, it's, it's just all happened really nice and fun for him. And uh, you know, like I said, the league now, the fans, everybody, it's, it's in the papers every day. Everybody's watching this. I can't remember. Like I said, it's, uh, I remember the last time when they were trailing Gretzky around you know, uh, for Gordy Howe's record. This kind of reminds yep. me of that a little bit uh, as far as everybody watching him uh, get this record. So uh, it's a blast, man. That he's 200 goals away. <laughs> you know, so he's have to score four more seasons of 50 goals. Well, I, just meant, to get I up. meant like the, you know. just hitting the 700. That's what I'm saying. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. yeah. at the end there, you know, they had Gordy Howe was flying around with Wayne. And, and Wayne and like, even Steve Eiserman's comments last week, hey, if he gets there, I'd like to be around too and I'll travel and whatever, whatever. I mean, it'll be – can you imagine – if he gets up to 870, 880 and gets into that range, uh, it, it, will be a, it will be a circus in the league uh, to watch. But I, I just don't think it's going to happen. But um, you know what? Uh, we'll see. You know, we'll see. Hell of a show right now at the end of the day. And, and they're going to get probably the Islanders or the Flyers in the first round, more than likely. And, and uh, they should be able to win that. But, um, and then that will, that will put them in good stead for a second round matchup. So we'll see what happens there too. But, uh, lots of hockey to go though, brother. Absolutely. So, uh, speaking of, uh, phenomenal goal scorers, let's just touch on the Leafs here and the Rangers last night. They played, um, Austin Matthews gets two, uh, just an incredible talent, that kid. Uh, man, he's, uh, the, 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 the stat last night, something since, uh, uh, Keith has taken over, he scored 25 goals. In this run, yeah. I believe, uh, which is unbelievable. Obviously, the Leafs are having a little trouble. Uh, we were breaking them down. You did a masterful job Thanks. last week on last week's show. <laughs> uh, and then uh, last night, you know, they make this trade. Everybody's, you know, planning on, you know, thinking the Rangers and the Leafs are going to make this big trade with Georgiev. Um, you know, as far as goaltending, Hutchinson's in last night. Anderson's been up and down. Uh, you know, you you've uh, alluded to how how much pressure it is that the you know the Leafs have to make the playoffs. They got to get that they do something. So, number one, um, I'd like to just you know get caught up here with where you think the guys are as far as you know playing with Keith, obviously Austin Matthews. If you want to talk about him as a goal scorer here compared to Ovi, but number one, uh, the, the trade here last night getting Jack Campbell and, and uh, Kyle Clifford uh, from L.A. I don't I don't get it, but uh, maybe you can explain it a little more to me. You don't get it. No, I don't. I don't get. I don't get that. I don't get Campbell. As far as like you know, we're all sitting here. As far as is is Campbell the guy? You know. No. If, well, you know what? Here's that's what I'm trying. Here's to say. what I is he the answer? Well, well, who 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 is the answer? I mean, they 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 needed to do something. Obviously, Hutchison is letting them down tremendously right now. There's there's no doubt about that. Despite moments of brilliance, he's got moments where of of sadly for him, just complete ineptitude in the goaltending position. And he is costing them. They've already got a fragile back end and they have had most of the year with everybody healthy, let alone when Muzzin was out. Now with Riley out, 
And then you got Cody Ceci, who just cannot seem to find an NHL quality game in any way, shape, or form. And it pains me to say that because he was an outstanding junior right here, Paulie, in my backyard yeah. with the Ottawa 67s. And, and when I say he was outstanding, he was. But, you know, just not everybody who is a great junior or not everybody who has a great world junior like Jack Campbell or not everybody who is fantastic in the American Hockey League automatically becomes all of that and then some in the NHL. And uh, I think in CeCe's case, he hasn't. So that said, the, the Leafs are really struggling on the back end despite this incredible offensive juggernaut that they have. And I think what they felt they needed to do was they needed some sort of fresh blood to bring in there in an emergency capacity, which is what Campbell is. He's not going, if they do make the playoffs, it's not like they're anointing him as a starter or anything. And look, we don't know the situation with Frederick Anderson. It's gone from day to day to uh, now it's, uh, we're not quite sure. So let's just say hypothetically, it's a week or 10 days yeah. And, I mean, the Leafs need to put up some W's here. They're on the outside looking in right now. They got Anaheim tomorrow night, then they're in Montreal. Now Weber's out for the Habs. Anyway, digress. Fact is, Campbell is an immediate upgrade on paper, at the very least, on Hutchison. He's the immediate upgrade. Clifford comes in. you got to give to get, and they give up Trevor Moore. You get Kyle Clifford. Well, that's not a bad pickup either. I mean, first of all, he's just, you're just picking up a guy who's playing on the fourth line there. But, you know, I know he's going to play probably eight, nine minutes. He's got some grit. He obviously can hit. He can body check. That eliminates pretty much, let's see, the the NHL rosters are 18 guys. The number of players on Toronto who can throw a legit body check is one. Muzzin. That's it. Nobody else. So now they've got two. So it, it adds to at least a component that they're sorely lacking. But the trade, I think, was largely done out of a, I won't call it panic, but if you want to call it, it's an emergency situation here. Because you look at that Ranger fourth goal last night. Like, that cannot go in, Pauly. That goal cannot go in, in any way, shape, or form. It's like Montreal last week on Columbus, the third goal, the wraparound on Carey Price. When you're, when you're screaming to try and go on an 8-2 and two or a 9-1 and one or a 10-0 and run or something, and you allow a goal like that, you cannot, as a goaltender, allow some of these goals if you're in these playoff races. Look... If it happens, that's why these teams don't make the playoffs. So Dubas goes out. He grabs a guy that he's familiar with from junior because he made the big deal for him now, which is well-documented, picking him up from Windsor in a multiplayer transaction, bringing him to the Sioux in junior. And he knows Kyle Clifford because he represented him when Dubas was a player agent. So he's got familiarity with both these guys. He, he, he brings them to the Leafs. They're two Ontario guys. They're going to the hockey mecca, certainly in Ontario, and you could say arguably Canada, if not right there, to 1-1-A with the Habs. And, uh, and, and I, it's a, it's, this is a Band-Aid solution that they're praying to God is going to have some immediate dividends. Whether you can play Campbell back-to-back here in Anaheim, Montreal, remains to be seen. I think at one point you probably got to go back to Hutchison, maybe against the Habs. I don't know if Anderson's not ready. I don't know. Maybe if Campbell, maybe you do play back-to-back. But that's why they made the deal, Pauly. That's why they made the deal. And, yeah, you're saying, well, they got Campbell's got an extension starting next year, two years at 1.5. Who cares? I know the Leafs are up against it anyway. They're going to have to do other things than to worry about moving 1.6 around in there in the, for, you know, to fit the salary cap for 2021. They've got to do a whole lot of other things to do. But for right now, to get in the postseason – this was an emergency move done to upgrade the backup position 
They're hoping, and they're hoping it'll pay dividends immediately tomorrow night to play in Anaheim, so we'll see. Clifford's a throw-in that that could be a nice addition to the roster, which is sorely lacking in anybody. And if you didn't look at the end, of, look at the way the game ended last night, Paulie. Right? I mean, mm-hmm. Hyman throws that brutal, brutal hit from behind. And, you know, here's the thing. At any other time in the game, uh, Truba would not have been able to, to do what he did. He, or I doubt he would have. Mm-hmm. But with the score, what it was, and right at, being at, right at the end of the game, he said, are you effing kidding me right now? <laughs> you, 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 you know, you're, you're, you are seriously, you're built like a Q-tip. And, and uh, I, you know, I'm going to go through you like a knife through butter. And he fed him, and, which was great because he deserved it. It was a brutal, brutal hit from behind. And then who comes out next shift <laughs> to try and mix it up? John Tavares. Like, they've got nobody. <laughs> they've got nobody. And, I mean, it's just, it, it looked like something I saw in Great Ford St. Leonard's. Like, what is going on? So, you know, it, it, it was comical, really. But at the end of the day, uh, this is a Leaf team right now in an, in an absolute free fall that made an emergency band-aid panic move, whatever you want to call it, that on paper, at the very least, is an upgrade on their backup position, which right now, out of necessity, is their starter position. That's why the deal was made. Yeah, I mean, all of us down here in in Rangers land, you know, we've, we've figured that's where uh, Georgiev's landing spot was going to be up in Toronto. Do you think this pretty much reinforces that the Rangers are probably just asking for way too much in return? Uh, for Georgiev, because that I, th- that, I, I think so. I think so. I, I, I mean, you know, I mean, and, and that's why I, it, that's uh, why I was saying I, I don't get it because to me it seemed like you know all the talk has been Georgiev. You're feeling. I mean, I don't know. We can sit here as far as experience and everything else, whether or not Georgiev is a higher caliber uh, net miner than say Campbell. You know, uh, with regards to experience and everything else, but it, was, it, it just kind of seemed that it was built up that that was going to be the big deal, and if the lease was serious, maybe that was more the serious move, but um, I guess, you know, we're down here in New York pretty much like a little shocked that that was the trade that the Leafs made, you know, and, and we, we, you know, you talk about how, how they need to get serious, and to me, I'm like, you, you said it, it's like a Band-Aid trade as far as not making the serious the serious move, which might have been a George Evan, maybe somebody else in the package with the Rangers going up to him. You know, the Rangers have a couple of assets to offer. So uh, that's, you know, like I said, it's just kind of puzzling. But uh, we'll see what happens. But, you know, you call out a lot of things. I mean, you know, the Leafs, for a team like that, they can't be looking like that. They can't be looking weak. They can't be, you know, they've obviously got some real defensive uh, issues going on. And as far as the other top teams ahead of them, as far as getting into the playoffs, they're not going to line up and match up good with anybody up top. No, they're not. It doesn't look like. I mean, if if they really are probably need to chase down Florida for third in the Atlantic, which is going to get them smack dab into a best of seven with Tampa Bay, and and with Tampa Bay having home ice. Now, you know, we all were saying the same thing last year. Then Columbus went in and took care of that. So, <laughs> you know, so I, I I mean, but it's it, it is. I I think Georgiev presented to them probably I'm sure a much more attractive offer that they would have liked to have maybe entertained much closer to February 24th the trade deadline but now losing like they are and with Hutchison struggling like they are I think their hand was forced and I don't think they were getting Georgiev for Trevor Moore and two third round picks and I think that became an issue that they weren't ready to look at maybe moving whoever 
Hyman, who we just discussed, or or possibly somebody else from not their top six necessarily, but certainly say their top nine. They didn't want to. I think right now that uh, it sounds it looks to me like Dubas wants to roll with this squad as intact as best as possible, and is just praying to God that Anderson is not hurt bad and can get back sooner than later. And all they got to do is just hang hang on and keep the the wild card or the third place in sight. And and I think they made an emergency move here. I think he, he this is a move made for right now. Whereas Georgiev would be a move that I think they would be looking at. Not to say he couldn't help right now, but if Anderson's healthy, Georgiev isn't playing either if he comes over right now. So it's probably something, and if they don't get him in the summer or whatever the Rangers end up doing with their goaltending situation, uh, it, it, you know, is, it remains to be seen. But Toronto is probably saying, look, we're such a mess right now. We'll deal with everything else in July and August and September. Right now, we got to get in the dance. And they probably just couldn't, they just couldn't get something going, you know? With uh, with Gorton, and they they just couldn't get a deal, and and so they had to move quickly, Polly. I think that's why it went down the way it did. Yeah, and I think that's you know it's got to be frustrating for the Leafs to have to have to be you know forced to do that, you know, um, to be put in that kind of position, uh, you know, with time running out on the season and, and time running out on on getting into the playoffs and the the competition that is around them and, and other teams here that'll probably be making some moves here uh with the trade deadline coming up so uh it, it's kind of like I said frustrating to um to the organization and the fans and the rest of us down here just kind of watching the show you know um you know they're coming to the garden last night and we're looking for a really you know you know really good fight and you know here's a young ranger team that uh you know has got their own issues uh, as far as you know w- them finding their ways and and they were able to uh, put yep. up a, a good show against a pr- a definitely a formidable team offensively and uh you know Quinn just figured a way to kind of outcoach Keith there a little bit and got inside on the back end and they put up some good goals and and, and took care of business so and then on the tough side of things which is where I want to go next with you buddy uh, you know, Truba there and the guys kind of, you know, uh, stepping up. He, he took care of business too. And uh, why don't we kind of, kind of go over to the Battle of Alberta round two, baby? Yeah. <laughs> because hey, Paulie, uh, just one, one, one quick second, just one more thing yeah, on sure, the Leafs. Man. Like th- th- those two goals in six seconds. Like there's certain things in a game that can't happen. And Mitch Marner on that play doesn't hold up Kreider for even half a second, and he hits Hall doing Mach 1 and goes by him and goes in and beats Hutchison like a, like a, like a rented mule. Yeah. And you that goal cannot go in, let alone um, the uh, fourth goal scored by, who was it? Uh, what's his name? Butch Skayoff, or however you say it. Butch Nevis. Uh, yeah, Butch Nevis. Yeah, something like that. Anyways, <laughs> uh, like those, those, those goals can't, can't go in, brother. They can't go in. Like Toronto are so porous defensively right now, and I'm not putting this all on Sheldon Keefe. Look at his record since he took over. is pretty damn good. But you're in a tough division, and you're in a pretty tough conference. As you know, that Metro ain't any picnic. And the Atlantic isn't either for the top end of it at the very least. The bottom end, not so much, but the top end. And and uh, I'll tell you what, Toronto's got a lot of, lot of issues. But I just wanted to say, just before we switch over to what I'm really excited to talk about, is, is just that the Leafs, have to look in the mirror too. You've got responsibilities out there, and and it's like being scored on the last minute of play. Like you got to buckle down. It's like if you have a draw on your end inside of sixty seconds, you got you know different times of the game. There's different priorities where every single man on the ice has to realize I will do anything 
to keep this puck out. You've got to eat pucks. You've got to take bodies. You've got to be a brick wall. Everybody in front of the net goes horizontal. And nobody, nobody. You know how many times I watch a game and I see a guy go in to check a guy and, and, the, and he gets beat. And I used to absolutely lose it when I was coaching. Um, when I told them, I said, look, it's one of two ways. Either you get the man or you get the puck. You do never, ever, ever get beat by both. The guy is not going to walk you. And in the last minute of play or after a goal is scored or, or you know, uh, uh, end of a game, like there's certain times when there's latitude on the ice that you can do things. It's just the nature of the game. and It has been for 100 years. And you need to have that mentality. And when the Rangers scored, and then before the Kreider goal, that Leaf team went up to center ice, and were, I think half their minds were still back on their, on, their, on their bye week, and they're on a beach somewhere, because that's inexcusable. Six seconds later, and Kreider walked right down Main Street. Inexcusable. So, you know, what's Jack Campbell? What's Kyle Clifford? I don't know. I, I think they, they got Anaheim uh, tomorrow in a back-to-back and Campbell's going to play. The place will go nuts. They'll beat Anaheim tomorrow night, calling it right now. What they get in Montreal, I don't know, on Saturday. But uh, we'll see what happens from there. Anyway, sorry, pal. Just a couple other things I needed to say. No, it's great stuff. It's, you know, it's, I mean, we could spend two hours, three hours on the Leafs. You know, as far as just everything that's happened, you know, what, what you broke down there last week and the, and the coaching change, and you talk about it, it's heart and soul on a team. You know, and, and these the guys on this roster, a lot of these guys have been on this team now for a few years. You know what I'm saying? This is not nothing new. Uh, they know yeah. about the crest that they're wearing, the city and the fans that they play for. So it's baffling. You know, I mean, we're, you know, as Ranger fans down here, we're kind of going through the rebuild and everything else and so on and so forth. But, man, there's just money, money on the ice in Toronto. Huge money. Yeah. So uh, that's just the whole. Hey, look, I can say the same thing about the Habs, you know. I mean that that uh, that loss to Columbus is the one that really sticks in my mind right now because they're seven and three in the last ten and you know you're going to lose games unless you're Columbus right now. We're on a tear that you need to go on if you want to stay relevant in the playoffs. You know, with uh, apparently Elvis has not left the building. You know what I'm saying for the Blue Jackets? I mean he he has been. That's what you need. You need a goalie with a 9.51 save percentage right now. They're nine and one. They're finding ways to score. And you look at that third goal against Montreal where the guy had a breakaway. He looked like he was skating on the St. Lawrence River. There was nobody around him for five minutes. I mean, it was unbelievable how open he got. And, you know, and why? Because Weber pinched, which is okay. But Tatar, what are you doing? (laughs) When your D goes down, you got to go back. Like what it was just talking about when you've got a guy coming and you've got to play the man or take the puck. These are these are innate things that have to happen in the game that shows on the better teams. You know, it's the old story, Polly. Um, hard work will beat talent when talent doesn't work hard. Oh, yeah. And that's what you got going on in Toronto right now. And to an extent, uh, Montreal doesn't have anywhere near Toronto's talent. But when you look at teams that do have some quality players, and they are not in playoff spots. If you look at what's going on the ice, you don't have to be Scotty Bowman to figure it out. You can see the breakdowns. And they're happening because guys aren't paying attention to detail. Because there's a laissez-faire, sort of a little bit of apathy, where they're all in, 
for shifts, segments, sessions, a period, maybe two, maybe even a game. But when you're battling for your playoff lives, too many passengers, too often. You know, you know when your when your mom used to go out back in the day when we were kids, Polly, and she'd take the old, you know, the old rug that everybody had been traipsing in on in the winter and the summer and everything in the springtime, and she'd grab the broom and take it out and just beat the shit out of it, just smack all the <laughs> dust out of it and everything. That's what you need to do to some of these teams. You know, you gotta smack the dust out of them. They're absolutely asleep. And and that's the way the Leafs played last night. With they've got so much God-given offense, which Montreal does not. But the thing is, is that when you look at the bottom of the standings, notwithstanding your Detroit's and New Jerseys and a couple teams who are really outside of two or three guys are not NHL caliber teams. But these teams that are out of the playoffs, many of them, they have talent, and it's just not working hard and not working smartly. And yeah, that's and- a whole other discussion for another time. Anyway, yeah. man, I yeah, really no. got off there, but uh, it's the way I see it. No, it's good. You nailed it. We, we, we were, I was talking about, uh, you know, on the show last night with KD. It's like it's the same thing. The, I mean, even the Rangers, the young team, that they're sitting in this pack uh, with all these other teams that have so much talent on them. You know, and they're, they're yeah, kind the of, Rangers you know, they're do have a lot there. of talent too. And look I, the- I think they're going. Hey, man, you got to be pumped about this kid. How do you say his name? The goaltender there, Sure Siskin, Shestjorkin, Sure Shestjorkin, whatever, or Shest, yeah. for short. Yeah, what are you calling him for short up there or down there? Shesty. What do you guys call him? Shesty. Shesty? Shesty sauce, baby. <laughs> Shesty. He got himself a brand like new it. mask, man. He's staying. <laughs> he got the new paint job, so he knows he ain't going anywhere. Hank and George, we anywhere. have no idea, so uh, we'll see what happens. But hey, yeah, look, but why, wanna... why, why, don't you just pa- why don't you just buy Lundquist out? <sighs> look, dude, we don't have enough time right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into the fight. Let's go. I love you, man, but you know we make a left turn, and we're going to be on the air until 6 o'clock. You know that. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Real quick, All right, man. I know we're down. We're a half hour in already. So. Yeah, everything yeah. you just said, though, you know, uh, got to tip the hat to Torts down there in Columbus, man. What he does with all the changes and the guys he's lost, um, yeah. man, talk about a guy getting the most out of his teams. Everything that you just talked about. I mean, I wish that guy – so well, I I don't know if he's ever going to be able to get out, uh, you know, into the finals again with the the rest of the top talent here in, in, in the, uh, 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 you know, on the East Coast over here in the Eastern Conference and stuff. But man, look at him! He's back up there in the top, you know, five six teams in the league. Man, if he could just get on a run and stay healthy, who knows what happened? He's you know what he did last year. But man, credit the Torts because that's yeah, the guy. He's doing. I'm a huge fan of the guy. Huge yeah. fan of the guy. One of my biggest regrets in life as a hockey fan is that he didn't get in the Calgary dress room and absolutely fill Bob Hartley in. <laughs> that would, that, that, that would no, have stop. been You're one of the highlights it. of my life. You're going to do it. We're going to go on. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> All right, stop right there. Let's stay in Calgary, but let's let's go modern day, buddy. That's another great conversation. <laughs> so look, buddy, you got Christmas oh, came early for right. you, man. Last I'm getting Saturday. a drink right now. <laughs> Pop, send one over to me, buddy. Here we go. <laughs> Cash yeah. and Kachuk, the battle for Alberta. We got a little bit when they were in Edmonton. Man, it comes back to Calgary last Saturday. Happy days. You got your goalie fight and everything, brother. Just give me I a know. recap. Give me a recap, buddy. What would you think, buddy? Well, watching with bated breath and high anticipation and just the electricity in the air and absolutely thrilled 
uh, the way things evolved. And as I said last week, when there was when we had the action, um, not only with the fight that surprised everybody with Monaghan and, and Ryan Nugent Hopkins, but then we everybody got there to Chuck and Cassian that wanted it, got it. And then three days later, as we knew they were meeting again, George Peros, <laughs> George Peros, Department of Player Safety, George Peros. One of these things is not like the other. <laughs> I mean, it's it's just hilarious, really. I know he went to university, he's some sort of rocket scientist or whatever, but give me a break. Anyways, the fact he was there, I found totally laughable. But good on him for going out. Regardless, we got it. And then probably the best part, which didn't show up for a few days until other videos surfaced, that Darnell Nurse was, was <laughs> signaling to Cam Talbot, hey, Look out there at center ice, kid. There's your huckleberry. Way you go. <laughs> and out he went to find Mike Smith. And I was levitating. Woo. I was levitating. <laughs> I went, here we go, baby. I'll tell you, only thing missing was just if the benches had it cleared. But I know oh. there'd be 9,000 suspensions. But it gave us everything. It pro- it, it went to show, Polly that despite, despite the pussification of the game today and how vanilla it's become, that it still can garner the required amount of hate and dislike that drives rivalries, that drives, that fuels contests and, and, and can be such a great spectacle to watch still, which is how this game was born and how it needs to survive. It needs to have that. It's a collision sport, full contact, alpha males in their 20s, massive business implications you're skating at 30 miles an hour with blades on your feet carrying weapons. Sometimes bad things are going to happen. And if you don't like it, turn the goddamn channel. Like, get out. Go find another sport to watch. So sick of the crybabies on social media. Like, I, 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 I my God, pour yourself another Shirley Temple and, and just get away from hockey. But I was so, so... Uh, uplifting to see that scrap and then I felt good for Edmonton too because they waxed them they got a little bit of of payback that way and Calgary really seems to be reeling since then and they got to find their identity again here real quick but anyway Battle of Alberta obviously alive and well kind of ironic isn't it Polly that that was the first time ever between the two teams even going back to the heydays that the goaltenders fought they never yeah. even fought back in the day. Of course, there was no one else left to fight back in the day but the goalies. And they said, Vernon, well, we Vernon, used, Vernon used to love to come out every now and again. Back in the Ver, day. Vernon would go out. You know, like Grant Fear never would. Grant but there was too. a few guys they had in their lineup over the days. And you would have thought at some point they would have got it on. Yeah, Vernon and Patrick Waugh, you know, when he got to Detroit. And and uh, obviously Osgood and some of those other ones like that Colorado-Detroit there for a few years oh, as good awesome. as anybody's. But awesome. no, that was that was fantastic to see last Saturday. Um I absolutely loved it. I champion it. I agree with it wholeheartedly. I, I, I'm, I'm so thrilled it's in the game that we can still have that every now and then, as rare as it is. And that's the other thing, too. You know, to give the, to give the, uh, you know, the left-wingers a little bit here, like, they don't have to worry too much. This isn't like it was an epidemic that swept across uh, the league and everybody started brawling because of the Calgary-Edmonton. So, you know, I mean, it's, it's still very rare when you see these types of outbursts. Obviously, in this case here, with goaltenders going at it, last real noted one, Going back to 2013, uh, Braden Holpe and Ray Emery. You know, when Emery kind of fed Holpe, God rest his soul. So, yeah. you know, that's that's seven years ago. So they're, they're few and far between. But uh, anyway, I was thrilled, pal. 
And, uh, uh, you know, I was I was elated that, that that had happened. And I hope when they meet again at the end of the season, obviously what would cement it would be a playoff matchup. And uh, God willing, we'll get that again at some point in time. But, uh, you know, that's a tough goal, man. Both of them have to make it just for starters. But I absolutely loved it, pal. What about you? <laughs> when I was seeing the highlights, all I was thinking about was you. <laughs> I'm sitting I'm clapping the hands. I'm going, oh, I can't wait to talk to Liam next week. <laughs> I said he got his Christmas present early. I said, this is awesome. Yeah. Hey, look, it's, it's, you know, for us, you know, old-time hockey guys, it's just like I said. Nobody gets hurt. Everybody comes out on the other end. But it's it's you know you bringing up the code. I mean, what you said there before could they could use that for the trailer for hockey? Like if it was a movie. If hockey was a oh, movie, yeah. you just you just nailed the trailer, man. It was awesome. Well, that's, well, especially that's, with, with with Nurse pointing a towel, but to skate out, and he does, and and give to Chuck credit. You know, I mean, for for a period there of, a, of of about a week or so, his nickname was 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 Turtle Chuck. You know, and. Yep. And he had to wear that. And not only did he answer the bell with Cassian, then he turns around, has a pretty good scrap with uh, Ethan Bear, and, and he held his own there. You know, maybe slight edge Bear, if at all. But again, it was they both landed some shots. No real damage done. There was a couple other scrums that never even really disintegrated into a full scale line brawl. And then the goaltenders took matters in their own their own hands. And you could see the crowd. There's so much video was shot that gets been posted on social media from people in the stands and everything. And and uh, you know what? That's just the way it went down, Paulie. That's the type of animosity there was. And, and it, it, it evolved over those three games. And I'm thrilled because um, I'm a big, huge proponent that it's, um, that it's a part of the game that I, I sorely miss from back in the day. You know, the stage fights are gone. The, the bench clearers are gone. Uh, you don't see that. You don't see the stuff that we saw in the, in the Wild West 70s and, and the 80s where the enforcers really came to, you know, the, the, just the one-dimensional. We talk about one-dimensional goal scorers. I mean, the game evolved in the 80s and 90s into where everybody was carrying one, if not two, one-dimensional players. Those days are gone. So, you know, the, the left-wing tree huggers, you know, the guys who wear sandals with socks and drink uh, nothing, they, 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 shouldn't, they shouldn't really – they shouldn't really be crying too much because this is this is rare. And give us give us at least a little bit when it happens that we still enjoy it in the game. Those of us that 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 do enjoy it at least got a chance to witness it, what it was like a little bit when there was hatred in the game, and and uh, and that's what you see when those teams. And this how uh, this this is a provincial rivalry. It goes way back, and they channeled it way back. And I was thrilled. Yeah, me too, man. It's it kind of you know it keeps the game whole. You know, if you can if you look at it that way, I mean, uh, we we love the skill and the speed and and everything else, but um, that's a big part of it. As far as you know, as you call them, the gutless pukes and and keeping it grounded and keeping it real. And, yep. and, and the teams need to let loose. Look, it's an incredibly, I don't care what level you've played the game, it's an incredibly emotional, uh, emotionally vested game. As far as you know, just you know, how how you play the game, how do you react? Hundred percent, man. Yeah, I guarantee you, know. you. Last night in Ottawa, there was probably four or five fights in men's leagues. I guarantee yep. you. <laughs> guarantee you. That's just what what day what day is it? We just call that Wednesday. You know what I mean? Exactly. It's, it's just it, it's it's just it's inherent in the game. If you play, Polly, if you play in a league and you keep score and there's referees and there's standings, even men's. Non-contact hockey. There's going to be disagreements. There's going to be arguments. There's going to be slashes. There's going to be butt ends. There's going to be spears. There's going to be a punch throwing. And maybe somebody may drop the gloves. And they may take a two-game suspension or a three-game suspension for it. And they'll get up and go to work the next day. 
But when they go home that night, they'll feel good about it, you know. And uh, and it's just it's inherent in a, in a collision game. And when you, you skate at that speed and you have the contact, and it's the type of contact it is too. Until you get that stick on the back of the leg or underneath the shoulder pads and above the pants or that slash in the back of the arm or something or a cross check, probably one of the worst I ever took anyway, right in the, the base of the neck from behind, right into the crossbar. I mean, you get up and you see white, you know. For 30 seconds, you you really feel like you could really cause a lot of harm. And it's hard to explain to people who never experienced it and just want to watch a vanilla game, you know, a great sport that it is with the speed and the talent and the skill and the finesse. But it comes at a price, and, and uh, you have to accept it. Otherwise, as I said at the start of this today, of our fantastic Sticks, sticks and uh, Taps edition today, <laughs> is uh, go find another friggin' sport to watch. Get the hell out of Dodge. Absolutely. <laughs> I agree with you so much, man. It's uh, it's it's just a great great thing to see. Yep, <laughs> raise them up, buddy. Salute. It's all good stuff. So, um, yeah, man, look, it's, it's I think that's just... You know, when you look inside the players, you know, it's the guys in the locker room, the guys that are on the ice, the guys that are playing this game at 100 miles an hour. Um, that's just a good thing. And I, I don't care what anybody says to uh, Liam. There's guys in the league. They won't say it publicly, but they're glad that stuff went down the other night, too, because it's ratings, oh, it's yeah. news, it's it's everything. It oh, fires yeah. things up. Oh, it gets them, and, and you called it, too, man, as they get, you know, this is – I mean, this is the peak of the season now for the league, right? And with the wild card – uh, instituted, uh, you know, everybody's got a chance. You know, you're a few points out here and there. Uh, it coincides with the trade deadline con- coming up. So any kinds of, of emotion, rivalry, we can get fired up, uh, trade uh, situations, everything else, it all kind of collides together here as we make a run for, um, you know, the, the great, you know, definitely the first two rounds of the playoffs, obviously, before we uh, we start trimming it down to uh, getting to the Stanley Cup Finals and Conference Finals, too. So it's all good you, stuff. You know, the bottom line, Paulie, You've had about 150 guys, maybe, that have dropped the gloves this year in the NHL. Every year we set a new record for low. So, you know, it's it's not part of the game anymore, and and yet it still can happen. And I think that's the best way to describe it. So when you get this type of outbreak, for those of us that do cherish uh, those types of things when they happen, because uh, a little bit more fairness and equality and settling of accounts the way that we'd like to see, rather than Hyman's hit on Truba last night. Like, did, were you not disgusted when you watched that? Oh yeah, we were. It was. I mean, I mean, that was that was brutal. That was brutal. And and you know, and 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 what, what? That's the way he grew up. Like he wouldn't know any different. I'll just smoke the guy at the end of the game. We're losing anyway. I'll just give him a total cross check right from right in the numbers, right into the boards. If you did that in the seventies, your your ass was grass, baby. You were done. And and uh, anyway. hey, Truba gave him the business, man. Got a little blood out yeah, of him. He did. It's all good. He did. And this, yeah. uh, you know, McKeg there popped in the empty net goal. We'll take it. Truba's okay. He's not hurt. He's you know, no. he got him a right. And then you know, <laughs> seeing, seeing Tavares get manhandled at the end of the game, it's like get out of our building, go back up north, and oh, work like on Gumby. your own problems. It was funny. All right, yeah. buddy. We're winding down here a little bit. Uh, let's let's cut. Maybe we'll try and squeeze two things that you want to talk about. Uh, let's. Um, you, you you want to touch on Kovalchuk here a little bit, and then we'll wrap things up with uh, Don Cherry's oh, yeah. eighty sixth birthday. Yeah, thank you. Okay, I'll just I, I'll, I can make a comment on Kovalchuk just because he's been so awesome for the Habs, and that's what I wanted to ask you. How, how's his impact been with the team since he's come on board? Well, off the charts, obviously. On a scale of one to ten, he's been a hundred. But I, I just. Uh, can't believe the you know I know the Devil fans are really upset the other the other night there um, when he shushed the crowd. Well, he did that because they were booing him all night, and good on him for booing him. They should be, you know. I mean that was 
that was not cool what he did. I didn't I didn't think it was cool. I'm not a devil fan. I didn't think it was cool. But then he came back and and they boo him and then he scores in the shootout. And that's why he shuts the crowd. It had nothing to do with that. He's trying to say, hey, look at me. I took your money and ran or I scooted out of the contract or I reneged or this, that and the other. Yeah, he did all those things. But just to put it in context, that's why he booed, you know, like going back to the All-Star game, people really think that Al McKinnis shot the puck at 104.3 miles or 100.4 miles an hour. It was so funny. So many people on Twitter said, oh, my God, Al McKinnis is like he's 60 years old with a wooden stick and he shot the same number. No, they did that. Come on, folks, understand. Kovalchuk shushed the crowd because of the booing in that game. But his impact on Montreal has been uh, phenomenal. Having said that, Polly. Uh, you go to this guy right now before February 24th, and you offer him a one-year deal. I think, uh, you know, Montreal's average salary this year is around $2.8 million. I'd offer him somewhere between two, two and a half, put some bonuses in one year, and see if he wants to stay. And if he doesn't, say, okay, look, we understand. Then you understand that we got to take what we can get for you. And, you know, because we're not, we're not going to, we're not making the playoffs. Because by February 24th, they'll know. They already do. But uh, they're not going to make it. But let's just say something crazy happened. We still got, what, 18 days? So they'll figure it out and then move him and get a pick for him, get an asset for him. And then if he if he's out of Navarro with Montreal, he can re-sign in the, in, in the summer, which rarely ever happens anyway. But he's come in. His impact on, has been fantastic. you got to understand, there's a great Russian community in Montreal. They've embraced, they've embraced uh, you know, we had Markov here. We had Kovalev here, among others. Radulov, too. Um, Radulov, Emelin. I mean, there's some Russians have played here that have been extremely well received Kovalev during their was, time. Uh, he was a blast when he was there too. Well, you know, again, I mean, 2008, the Habs. Uh, I think he was ready just to float through another season, which he did most of his career. And and uh, they threw the two kids, you know, Kostitsin and Plakanic, on his wings, and they had a breakout year. And I think Kovalev woke up the first month in and said, "Jesus, these kids can re- these guys can really fly." And uh, I'll just feed them pucks all day. And and uh, they were one of the number one. You know, the Habs finished like they won the division and, and, and they were like second in the league or something. And they had a, and he and he had a fantastic season. I mean, Kovalev only had three or four years that he really gave a crap about his entire career. And that was one of them. <laughs> and great. and uh, perfect you know, analogy, well, man. I love it. Well, <laughs> I agree. Truth, right? <laughs> I know. <laughs> one year in Pittsburgh, one year in New York, uh, uh, you know, when they won the cup and uh, and one year, you know, maybe one other. I mean, he might have had three years, four years, his entire career. They actually is gave a crap meter, went from zero to about 20. The rest of the time it was minus a billion. He didn't care. And and uh, and but that year he did. Anyways, uh, Montreal embraces Russian players. They do. They always have. And they're embracing this guy. And and he has he has returned the favor. And I'll say something else, Paulie. He looks slimmer to me. I don't know if he does to you, but he looks slimmer. His skating, he skates very, very well. His passing is exceptional. Where he's lost it at his age is he misses pucks down low that he never used to miss. Like, you know, he's been fed sometimes, and either he's missed the puck entirely or he doesn't get off the shot that he wants. And look, he's 36, 37. It's a product of his age. That's all. He's he's not that guy that he was. Uh, but but he, he still is extremely effective. I think his points right now are a bit of an outlier, like 10 points, 12 games, whatever it is. He scored two or three shootout goals, and they've been spectacular, like the other night, and he's made a real difference on the team. But that doesn't mean that you ride off into the sunset for the guy and he goes to wherever in, in June or July 1st when you could get maybe a third round for him all day. And who knows? Maybe, maybe a second. You'll never get a first, and I doubt you'd get a second. But maybe, let's just say, look at what Toronto had to do out of necessity right now. 
And you never know if somebody out of necessity in 18 days needs to make a deal and maybe you pick him up as an insurance. He can come in and he could play on somebody's top six. He could if he's used in the right scenario. And right now, I mean, Montreal, Julian just just absolutely threw the ice time at him. Like he was playing 18 minutes right out of the gate. Yeah. Unbelievable. Nobody could have seen that coming. Nobody. And and he has relished it. He has relished it. So it's it's been fun to watch. He's been fun to watch. And uh, the shushing of the crowd was great. And uh, there you go, buddy. So we'll see what happens with him. But I, I, I'd say pretty strongly think that, uh, I mean, hey, I would offer him a one-year deal. And if he takes it, great. But uh, I, I don't think that will happen. My guess is inside of 18 days, he's dealt. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, it's, you know, it's a bit of an audition time period for him, too. You know, he's in a good spot oh, sure. one, one way or the other, you know. If, uh, well, he couldn't get a deal, Paulie, with anybody. Nobody wanted him. Yeah, I know, but like I said, maybe, you know, now he's, you know, a team that needs some extra scoring, some experience, uh, seeing the way he's playing in Montreal right now. It's like anything else, man. Uh, you know, it's, what have you done for me lately? It's a different light. So you never for know. Sure. But I think you're calling it great, too. I, I mean, I, I look, um, you know, all his years here in New Jersey, you know, um, just watching him as a player, just always enjoyed him as a player, his skill level, obviously uh, on a higher level years ago and stuff. But man, I mean, it was it was really tough what happened to Jersey back then, as as far as um, you know, Kovalchuk going and uh, oh yeah, kids. hey look, they got they got decimated there, and you know they 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 took their run though, you know, I mean yeah, they like I I tell people all the time, Paulie, here's the way the NHL is, it's a double Ferris wheel. And your challenge as a team is to stay in the top Ferris wheel as long as possible. And when I say a Ferris wheel, everyone knows what that is. You get on one of those things with a buddy or your girlfriend. You smuggle along three or four pints for the ride, and and it goes up and around. And 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 when it when you're up at the top and you're winning the Stanley Cup or you're making the Stanley Cup Finals, your your, your challenge is to stay there or stay in that top rung as much or long as you can. But what, what we've seen in the 2000s is how difficult that is. And so many teams end up going right back down to the bottom part of the Ferris wheel. That's the analogy I've always used. And this is what's happened with New Jersey after their five or six years ago, where they looked like, uh, you know, they, they had a chance maybe to make some noise, get Stanley Cup final. You're looking, you're, you're building a roster. Uh, you're trying to come out from underneath Marty Brodeur and the, and the great Je- Devils teams of of the nineties and two thousands. And for a number of different reasons, weren't able to, uh, weren't able to get it done. And, and now you look at what's happened. You move it, you, you move a general manager in mid season, which hardly ever happens. You got to move a guy who two years ago was your heart trophy winner. I mean, you ever think you're going to see that? And, and it's just, it's just, it's been one hit after another there. Yeah. And he was a part of it. Let's yeah, be honest. The, Kovalchuk uh, was a part of it. Yeah. And the other big, like I said, it's never been the same in New Jersey since, uh, uh, not only Kovalchuk, but Parisi going too. I mean, that was just a huge, yeah. a huge Absolutely. impact on massive the franchise. loss. Yeah, so. massive loss for sure. A guy that uh, you know you, you cultivate and you bring in to be to be that heir apparent for you, uh, different position, but you want this guy to come in and be your Scott Niedermeyer, essentially a forward version of it, and he had all the capabilities to be that, and uh, and then he uh, cuts bait and heads heads to the home state. There you go. There you go. Having fun in the wild. <laughs> yeah, how's that working out for him? <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Hundred million. Yeah. Was, who was the other kid? Uh, the other guy that went with him? They both got the hundred million. Uh, Suter. Oh my God. Yeah. 
Look at them yeah. now. Anyway, again, me, me and you, we just do different sections on different teams <laughs> and all the storylines. All right, buddy. So, um, Don Cherry, I know yeah. you've uh, had the pleasure of meeting this guy through the years and stuff, but he turned a, uh, a young 86. Obviously, uh, a lot of changes today. as far as him uh, with um, the, the media stuff and everything, but he's, he's kind of... He's uh, holding his own there. I haven't had a chance yet but uh, to listen to his new podcast, but he's up there in the top five in the charts every week. So he's still yeah. um, he's still relevant as far as hockey. Um, you know, whether what, whatever way you look at it in terms of, uh, you know, how you feel about, you know, his firing and everything else, um, he's still, uh, uh, you know, a big part of hockey and hockey lore and, and obviously bigger to you guys up north in terms of, uh, you know, Hockey Night in Canada and everything else. Uh, always been a great, um, you know, uh, uh Great big personality, big personality. So he turns eighty six. I'm gonna just throw it to you in terms of you know your take on uh, in terms of you know giving him the nod for his birthday and just your general thoughts on on Don and his impact as far as you know uh, in Canada maybe alone and and uh, how he's uh, you know uh, what his part is uh, in in hockey history maybe a little bit like that. Well, I, he should be in the Hall of Fame as a builder for sure. I, I doubt he'll ever get in, but but he should be. And I, you know, I mean, I feel Paul Henderson should be in, and I don't think he'll ever get in either. So these are just different things. But but he's a you know he's a cultural icon in Canada. Um, somewhat obviously the rose, you know, the bloom is off the rose a little bit for a percentage of the population, and has been for a long time for a percentage of the population. But what we have really discovered since his untimely dismissal from Hockey Night in Canada and Rogers Network on, of all days, Remembrance Day, November 11th in 2019, he was formally let go, was that uh, most of the people who uh, were complaining about him actually were not hockey fans. They, they don't watch the games. They didn't watch his segments. They, don't, they didn't watch the man. But he gave them a window of opportunity to complain and and uh, and they did in droves, and it did force the hand, although a hand, albeit that I think Rogers were quite willing, a road they were quite willing to go down anyway. So it 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 uh, it has put a bit of a tarnish on his legacy. But I think in the big picture, and this is my toast for today too, Polly. Uh, whatever point we do it here, I'm going to toast his health and, his, now, and his impact. Okay, I'm going to pour this right now. I didn't last week. I didn't have the glass ready, but as you can tell. That's my bottle of Jameson's here, and I got my shot ready to go, and and I see you always do too. And uh, I want to toast on Cherry because he's been a friend. I met him years ago. Uh, you know, I mean, I I've known the man almost forty years personally, and I used to have dinner with him and his late white wife Rose. And and uh, I know, you know, I've met his son Tim a couple times and his daughter Cindy a couple times. I'm by no means a best friend by any means, but uh, I think his podcast is is very good. If you're a fan of the guy, I think you'll enjoy it. It's basically more of Don, and and I think you know in in a in a in a fashion that is seems more suitable for him. I think given his age and where he's at in life right now and everything, and uh, and he's he's uh, he's had a huge impact on the sport. At the end of the day, Coach's Corner was the number one ranked thing in hockey. Nothing will in our lifetime may ever surpass it in its heyday. Um, you know, through uh, through the majority of the 34 years that he did Coach's Corner. And when we did our top 100 Canadians of all time, uh, he finished number seven in the rankings. I'm not talking sports figures. I'm talking all time Canadians. Yeah. He finished number seven in the top 10. So, you know, uh, the people who love the guy absolutely will go to the wall for him. 
and the people who despise them. And I'm not, you know, you can't hide from it. They're many. Uh, they raise their ugly heads. And when I say ugly heads, I mean ugly heads. Uh, they raised their, their ugly heads there uh, after his uh, outcry on Coach's Corner on November 9th where he misspoke, and he did. But uh, at the end of the day, whatever you think the outcome of that should have been, it is what it is. And I still will salute the man's health and his well-being and his success and his impact and last but not least, his friendship because I consider him a friend. And, and uh, I hope he does the same of me. We've, we have worked together in different capacities over the years nothing major but a bunch of little things and uh i do cherish that and i i always enjoyed seeing him at bob yours golf tournament when we did so that's my toast today i got my shot ready to go paulie and don cherry's health for him turning 86 years young yesterday there you go get it in you good stuff you hey go. look he's 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 hockey legend we're all we're all human beings we're all imperfect it's not to make excuses for anybody you know um, and it's been talked about over and over and, and done. I'm, you know, from us down here in the States, you know, for me, uh, just to put a note on this, as far as, you know, hockey night in Canada, it's only been the last couple of years here that we, you know, they were showing the hockey night in Canada games and coaches corner here and, um, going way back. And I used to love, um, uh, his, his, his old show, uh, with blue. Great. You know? Yeah. Um, so, I've known him, obviously, uh, been a fan of his, obviously, throughout the years. Just his take on the game. I mean, that was just a great thing. It's just the old school. That's where I come from. That was what I was raised on, those those early teams in the 70s and, and 80s and everything else. Uh, but, you know, you, you kind of look back. You, you hate to see how it, it all panned out, but you can't not acknowledge, like I said, as far as hockey and what he meant to, to the game and and how he, uh, you know, he was in everybody's living room up there in, in Canada every weekend and, and yep. you know, down here in you know, the States too. I used to always look forward to that. You know, the big, like I said, he's a big personality. It's, it's not easy times for anybody. That's a big personality these days that are outspoken. Um, you know, I, you know, I don't know the guy. I personally don't think there was any real malice in what he was saying. I think, you you know, you misspoke it. It is what it is. Like I said, you can be anyway. That's the way it is. I mean, down here in the States now with discussions on politics and, and everything else, it's a brutal, brutal time, especially amplified with uh, social media and everybody having to walk the, 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 you know, the fine line and everything like that. But like I said, we're, we're all not perfect. But anyway, I don't want to get into a long haul on this. I just want to say uh, I recognize the guy, like I said, hockey legend. It's a great toast. Like I said, you've known him. You got to meet him personally. And if you're a hockey fan and if you've grown up, not only, like I said, when Dom was coach of the Bruins and then seeing uh, all the success up there too, he's just somebody that you can't, you know, as a – as a you know a big personality of the game, it's even a guy like Pete Rose in in certain aspect. You know, uh, you know, I don't want to I don't wanna use the term bad guy, but when he was good and when it was good, he was one of the best. And I think that just still needs to be acknowledged as far as you know, you know, us talking about Don and and other big personalities that are in any sport um, where the things you know just don't work out. And you know, like I said, we're just not perfect people. So that's that's my uh, my little take on that. We'll talk about Rose another time, and I wouldn't mind that either. His lawyer was on the local radio here last night. It was a great interview. There's a show up here. Uh, Eric Macromella is his name. He hosts it. He's a local Ottawa lawyer, and he, now he's legal counsel for the uh, for the Bell stations here, and and uh, he does a lot of work on on radio across North America. And uh, he had, I think it's Mark Rosenbaum, if I got the name right, that is representing Pete on the uh, potential reinstatement to baseball and and potential. Uh, 
um, you know, to be considered for the Hall of Fame. And, and uh, they made it made a very compelling case in by way of comparing to what's just gone on there. Uh, with uh, with Houston and the uh, the sign stealing and and of course the steroid era and everything else and how those people that have been found guilty or how what's been assessed as guilt to them and what Pete sought to endure for uh, Pete Rose for 31 years uh, since he was banned from baseball in 1989 is uh, it was a very compelling story so maybe we'll touch on that next week you and me there buddy. I would be more than down as Yankee fans down here <laughs> as far as the Astros. <laughs> no, it look, it's look, it's cheating has been in it's in every game, you know, and, and the powers that be run it and Well, I know. If you're not cheating, you're not trying, right? That's yeah, the line going. I mean, there's so many different aspects you can take. I mean, the the call in the Ram Saint game last year, you know, I mean, what goes on there? How yeah. that, all these different yeah, things brutal. that get put aside yeah. and everything else. Look, what Pete Rose did was absolutely wrong. There's no doubt about it. Uh, there was a, a great uh, biofilm, a documentary film years about it. I forget. I'll have to look it up before we get together and talk about it next week. But it's a fascinating story just in terms of, you know, from from a phenomenal player on the field and then becoming a manager, just that whole world that he went into. And then, yes, this whole thing with the Astros. Are you kidding me? I mean, there is a valid argument, you know, should their championship be taken away from them? I mean, yes, it should have been. Yeah, it should have been. How do you do ridiculous. it? Ridiculous. I mean, the Dodgers. And, and have, you seen, have you seen the video with where you can actually hear the, the, oh, the garbage yeah, cans? Buddy, look, us Yankee fans are all over it. <laughs> we are all yeah, I guess so. over yeah. it, man. There's a great shot when uh, what's his face hits that homer off Chapman in the in the in the game there to win the series. Yeah, and Chapman yeah. knew they said and the Rangers. I mean Rangers. Listen to me, hockey Rangers <laughs> going New York, yeah. but um, you know Chapman was given the business, and you could see the expression. And later on, uh, you know he knew there was no way that guy could have known that pitch that was coming in. So like I said, it's yeah. just it's a, that's a whole other world. But again, like I said. It's an imperfect thing, but the people who are in power, they get to make these choices, and we got to sit here and deal with it and either drink less or drink more. (laughs) I vote for the latter, buddy. I know you do, my friend. (laughs) Buddy, it's been another fantastic half-hour podcast that's going over an hour. (laughs) Yeah. One of these days, we'll get to that 30 minutes. Oh, man. I love you, brother. Thanks, Thanks a lot, pal. Appreciate it, man. Have a great week. All right, you too, buddy. Thanks so much, everybody, for listening to Sticks and Taps. We'll be back on it here next week. Until then, get yourselves another round. Be safe out there and take care of yourselves. Slant, everybody. G'day. <laughs>